think then you either have to pay damages or you go to jail. What? If you, in your wedding vows, say, like, I will share with you, and then I'm like, hey, can I have some pie that you have there? And you're like, no, it's my pie. I think I can sue you. This is a nice conversation to be having three <laughs> weeks into marriage. I'm pretty sure that's how it works, though. Mm. If I don't share something with you, you can take me to court. Okay, but I would never take you to court. <laughs> well, I would never not share with you. Oh, true. But you, on the other hand. <laughs> I'm not as good at sharing, you're right. <laughs> so, I, I think I can sue you then. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better give me some of that pie. I don't have any pie. Well, it, it, theoretically. Oh, the theoretical When you have pie, pie. I have to share it. You have to share it. I usually share with you. Yeah, usually. That's true. <laughs> but when you... I'm pretty sure that when you do your own vows and you say things, that is a legally binding contract. You did sign it. I didn't sign anything with those vows on it, though. No, but you do sign a contract and the vows are in on video. And you do say, I vow to, I promise to, I will. Right? That, I think that's legally binding. We'll have to get a... If you're a lawyer listening to our Yeah, are vows legally binding? <laughs> Can <laughs> Indy take me to court for not upholding my vows? I think so. Selectively like, think, when it works for him? <laughs> no, but if you like make a joke and say like, oh, and I will always give you the remote control because i feel like that's like a lame joke people would make in their vows oh someone listening made that joke and i feel bad for insulting you now but anyways it's a lame joke somebody's made it in their vows can you then be like oh they didn't give me the remote control they promised they would in this legally binding document i'm taking them to court (laughs) (laughs) it's not a good thing to do in your marriage no but i think it is legal i don't think so well, we'll find out. All lawyers out there, tell us. Tell us. Are vows legally binding? I hope And to what not. extent? <laughs> you hope not? Because I feel like you would try to take me to court. <laughs> you think I would take you to court for not giving me pie? Yeah. <laughs> Although I know I did not talk about pie and... But I, I assume you talked about sharing. Maybe. You know what? Of everything, like I remember everything of our wedding and it was not one that goes like so fast that you can't enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Uh, best best weekend of my life. The vows, we were emotional. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of yours. Do you remember what I said to you? No. Right? I remember people laughed. Like we got some laughs in our vows. We, I did get a lot of messages that people said that they cried during mine. Oh, uh, so yeah. That's yeah. good, I guess. We had uh, someone who came as a plus one for someone else, and they're like, I don't even know you guys, but like I cried during your vows. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember yours very well I because I was struggling to get through mine. Yeah. And I'm Me too. a pretty good public speaker, usually not that day. Yeah, because I don't, I don't remember that part. Yeah, so now I need to watch it so I know what I can take oh on. <laughs> uh, should we get to this podcast? Oh, hey, yeah. Well, welcome everyone to an episode of I Love This, You Should Too. And we are members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. Usually we don't devolve into talking about our wedding too much, but we're newlyweds. Come on, give us <laughs> yeah, a break. Yeah, exactly. And the newlyweds are... There's my co-host, Samantha, Breach of Contract, he's... No. And I Breach am Breach of Contract, your... Randawa. Oh, sorry. Breach of Contract, <laughs> Randawa. And I am your other co-host, 
Indy Moose Randawa. And you know why my middle name is Moose? Because why not Moose? Why not Moose? <laughs> <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about the uh, 2012, I think, classic, I think. Yeah. One of those is true. One of them is <laughs> One not. One of those is a thing. Dance film Step Up 4, Step Up Revolution. I kind of see how this could have been like a really successful set of movies. Yeah. Well, they were. They were. I mean, this made 140.5 million dollars at the box office. That's it. That's These wild. movies do well. They just print money with them and well, we'll get into it very shortly. Yeah. But let's thank our first sponsor of the episode first. And this episode of I Love This You Should Too is brought to you in part by the Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you can be calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online anytime on any device, making it easier for them and you. To learn more and explore your options, visit the Alberta Blue Cross at ab.bluecross.ca If this is, for some reason, your first episode of this podcast, we take turns bringing movies to the other person. Samantha is much more of a dance film aficionado yeah, fan. fan. So Not like Maria, oh. who is the best dancer <laughs> Maria's ever. Maria's going to be so angry at us. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not maybe a dance movie aficionado as much as you are. She's a dance aficionado because she is uh, amongst the most talented dancers in the world right now. I heard she's the best dancer in the world. That's what many say. Yeah. That's, that's what I hear all the time. They're like, Maria? Oh, best dancer in the world. <laughs> I think that's her middle name. I think so. That's what most people call yeah. her. But Samantha <laughs> suggested we do all of the Step Up movies, so we're doing them. Yeah, we are on the fourth movie this week, which is Step Up Revolution so, or Step Up Miami Heat. Oh, yeah, depending. Depending on where you are. But uh, this was another kind of flashy, fun dance movie. Did you like this one? I did, actually. So I, overall, this is a thumbs up? It's a thumbs up. In the four step-ups we've done thus far, where would you rank this one? I think two, one, four, three. Really? Yeah. Whoa. I go three, two, one, four. Oh. Three was the best, wasn't it? Maybe I'm getting mixed up now. I liked two because it had Moose in high school in it. True, but he's just kind of a side to Andy, who is very uncharismatic. True. And although in three, he is a side to some other very uncharismatic guy, Moose can be the star for longer, and there are a True. couple of very good dance numbers in it, including that Singing in the Rain one. Oh, that was so good. I think those uh, steampunk coal miners, I think that was three. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. The quality of dance was better. In the third one from the first two. All of these movies, of course, are dance movies, and then they try to throw in some sort of love story, and it's usually about someone from the wrong side of the tracks, and I'll someone like, who is rich and privileged, and yeah. they meet in the middle. And, of course, the uh, like down-and-out wrong side of the tracks people are also super rich and privileged, yeah. but... 
Uh, we don't talk about that as much. Yeah. But I think three is the best because it relied the least on the love story. Yeah. It's like, you know what? This is a dance movie. We're going to show you dance stuff. We'll throw in some relationship stuff where we can. While I feel like this and part one are, these are romantic movies to some extent and we throw in dancing true the dance should be the focus yes because the romance is not good i feel like this was the first step up movie though that the dancing was actually really good in like like high quality dance throughout the entire thing i thought three was better oh really i think two was better i just thought that the main characters didn't do very good dances on those two I would argue the same for this one. I think the main characters are the weakest point in of dancing in pretty much all of them, except for one because it's not big dance crews as much. I guess, yeah. I still think that like the overall quality of dance was higher in this one. I feel like if we go and look at just dance numbers from two, three, and this, I feel like you would rank this one third. Okay. I think this has one very good one off the top. Mm-hmm. Good set pieces throughout, but the actual dance and especially the camera work around the dance is weaker in this one. The camera work was very frustrating for sure. But let's get into it. Should we just go through this movie? We probably should just do it plot wise because I don't know how else to approach one of these movies. Let's do it plot wise. Okay. So first thing, this movie looks good. It does. It looks high budget. It looks beautiful. The cinematographer, uh, did, whose name is Crash. Crash. His work is fantastic. And he's a guy who just does music videos. And it kind of shows because like dialogue stuff doesn't always look right. Yeah. But it looks big. It looks exciting. It looks fresh. And it looks it looks cinematic. It's very music video. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what you want in a movie like I this. I think so. Because it's not really about the dialogue and the story. So much of this dialogue we could have just done without... Yeah, the biggest thing, there's too much plot in this movie. Cut it out. There's a manufactured conflict. Cut it out. Give me more dance. Hey, cut it out. More dance, more moose. That's what we want. Oh, man. So if you haven't seen it already, we're going to spoil this movie for you. But moose doesn't appear until like the last 10 minutes of the movie. What kind of junk is that? And we cheered so loud when he came on screen. (laughs) Too loud, yeah. (laughs) Oh, and I should mention, if you haven't seen it, it is free on YouTube. Someone just posted this entire movie. Oh, really? And it has like 7 million views or something. Oh, wow. So it's been up for a long time. Nobody's taken it down under copyright infringement, which is usually a bad sign for a movie if it's allowed to be on YouTube for that long. Yeah. It means that people just don't care about it. Huh. That's sad. So go check it out if you haven't seen it yet, because we're going to spoil it all. That first sequence, I thought, was very good. With the cars? They have all of these good 60s and 70s cars with hydraulics and yeah. stuff. And then they all stop and people come out and they start dancing and they're dancing on the cars. And then they dance in front of the cars. And there's like really cool sequences where the cars are bouncing and they're on the hoods yeah. of it. And they're dancing in front of the cars. The cars uh-huh. are driving around them. All of that was beautiful. It doesn't make any sense because where did they get all those cars? Everyone owns a like pristine classic, classic car. car. Yeah. And like has the money to upkeep and maintain it. Yeah. So the basic plot of this movie is the dance crew, the mob. Yes. Is trying to get 10 million views on YouTube because then you win 100 grand from YouTube. But I the thought site- it was 10 grand. I think it was 100. Okay. Maybe- oh, it was 10 million views, 100 grand. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But each dance they do probably has a budget of about 
thirty to fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Just based on electronics and welders and glass. Costumes and cars. Yeah. They could just not do it and keep the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get into some of the dances kind of more individually, but that first dance was really cool. Um Would you say the best one of the movie? I'd say so. I think so. I think it was definitely the coolest and kind of fit with what they wanted the mob to kind of be. And when you have those cars in that setting, you're setting this movie apart. Like, this is the Miami one. We're yeah. not in Baltimore anymore. We're not in New York anymore. It's Miami. And it, it showed. Yeah. Yeah, it looked kind of classic. And what you think of Miami, like, salsa-y kind of thing. Sure. And plus, as a fan of early 90s West Coast hip hop, I loved all of those cars. I was like, when I was a little kid, all I wanted was a 65 Impala with hydraulics. And I thought that'd be the coolest. Oh. Probably still would be. Probably. And then after this dance, they're the number one news story in Miami. In Everyone's ever. like, who is the mob? Who are they? Well, there's video of them, so you could probably. Yeah, it's tell not like they're they wearing are. masks. Yeah. Because there was one group that wore masks, right? In, in this one of the no, in one of the other movies. I think in part two, the streets. <laughs> yes, and they cover their faces so that they can't be seen. They do that in one dance. In this. Yeah, they're like dance is so underground and illegal, which like it's it's not. Yeah, so everyone's talking about we're gonna get arrested. There's a fifty percent chance we're going to jail forever yeah. after this stunt. No, you're dancing in the street on I feel your like own car. That's maybe uh, disrupting traffic or public nuisance or something like that. Yeah, it's probably a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. And you left your big mob art installation in the middle of the road, so that could be like a littering fine. Yeah, maybe. But uh, you didn't destroy any property. Nobody was injured during the making of this dance. And really, it was like probably five minutes of everyone's life. Yeah. And everyone that was in the traffic that you're holding up was also in the dance. Yeah. There was like one random taxi and that was it. Yeah. So I feel like they're trying to make it seem more bad than it is. This one is the most sanitized of all four of them. Mm -hmm. Because they're always talking about like, oh, this is dangerous. It's dance. And you're like, no, it's it's not. But at least in the the Baltimore ones and stuff, you're in inner city Baltimore. It's kind of sketchy. In this one, they seem like they're in just fancy places along the beach all the time. Everyone seems like quite rich, even the people who are depicted as being impoverished or something. They're like, no, they're like multi-million dollar waiters, it seems like. Yeah. And this guy who's supposed to be the anti-establishment, free spirit looking guy is super clean cut and looks like, I don't know, a Wall Street bro. Yeah. Eddie, who is Sean's best friend. I I was talking about, well, first of all, I got, there's two guys Yes. For a good while, I thought they were the same person. Oh, no. And then I realized they were different people. And then I thought there were four guys that all looked the same. <laughs> wow, you because were really they confused. Look... So here's what I want to say right now. After all of these Step Up movies with all of the male and female leads. They all look like the same people. I don't want to hear from any one of you talking about my Wong Kar Wai movies about how like all the characters look the same. Because they don't. They were just all Chinese. All of these people look identical, and it's very hard for me to tell them apart. 
Vaguely attractive white people. Yeah. Yeah. They're all like muscular, handsome dudes, but they all look the same. They There's do. no variety to them. And I feel like they're purposefully picking the most bland person. Which is weird. Because they started with Channing Tatum. But at the time in that movie. He was just some vaguely so handsome white guy. Yeah. He was not good in that movie. No. We've said it before, we love where he's gone with his career, but he was garbage in that movie. He was, yeah. And these leads are garbage in this movie. He needed to learn comedy. All of these movies, their biggest weakness are the lead couples. Yeah. So then we get established that Sean, is his name? Sean is the main character, yes. Sean and his best friend are waiters, and then Sean meets Emily, who is uh, the romantic lead. Yeah. And they're at, like, a hotel bar club on the beach at noon? Yeah, it seems like it's still midday. It's clearly midday. They got to work and... I think they were working the breakfast shift. for, like, an hour and a half. They work from 6 a.m. till noon, and then they go clubbing at noon. Right. And then they meet, they have this uh, meet-cute that was, I thought, very bad. What did you think of that? It was, uh... It was, it could have been good because she hops behind the bar and she's not supposed to be back there. And like, it would have been better if he was the bartender, like the actual bartender. And she started just like serving drinks and then they could have a fight about that. Yeah. You know what? That, that, <laughs> like, absolutely. That I think better. there was no consequence to her just like taking alcohol. And I'm sure the writers were like, well, it's because it's her dad's hotel. How does everyone know that? Right. Uh, yeah. Nobody does. No. He doesn't know, and he works there. It would have been way better if he had been bartending at the beach club and, like, snuck away to dance or something. Plus, there's a big mistake in this movie that I can speak on because I have a lot of firsthand knowledge of it. And very few things in this movie do I have firsthand knowledge of. But I have a superpower. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. Oh. That I can be invisible, but only to bartenders. <laughs> Okay. It's a talent that I have. Actually, actually, a lot of people who look like me have that same talent. Interesting. Uh, this lead, though, she does not have that talent. If you look like that, bartenders do not ignore you. No. I'm sorry. And she's like, I can't get a drink here from this male bartender my age. He's going to give you a drink. Uh, yeah, he's going to serve you first. Sean and Emily do this, like, sexy beach dance yeah where she throws sand in everyone's eyes oh my god (laughs) every time we saw that i was like nobody wants you to throw sand nobody wants sand in the air like sand is probably one of the most annoying substances to have like on your body thrown in your face and then to just like throw it in the air and get it everyone's like hair and eyes and mouth Yeah, she's just whipping that sand around. And then they're dancing basically in a shower stall. Like this dance circle has like formed around a shower. Yep. Makes perfect sense to yeah, me. I, I, I don't get it. Um, and then at the end, she's like, ha, 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 sprayed you with water. And then she runs away because the hotel manager who Trip. probably knows, his name's Trip? He with two Ps. Of course his name's Trip. I don't know the name of that actor, but he plays the same douchebag in so many things. Tommy Dewey. Tommy Dewey? Yeah. Oh, that's a rough name. He's good. I He's good at what he does. He gets shit roles. He plays this douchebag. He plays like um, what Adam Scott used to always play. Yeah. He does that. He was that in the Mindy Project and a few other movies I've seen. Hmm. So Trip is this like semi-young hotel manager? Yeah, who's... Duties include 
getting waiters if a two top has been waiting for too long for waiting for 10 minutes customers yeah. have been waiting for 10 minutes that's his scope that's his duty yeah also pitching real estate development deals to city council that's also his duty yeah and taking people to lunch yeah he kind of does it all he does it all he's just that guy Emily runs away when she sees Trip, and th- they try to kind of manufacture some like tension of like Trip wanting to date Emily. Did they? Yeah. So for the like fancy party that Peter Gallagher throws. Oh right, she mentioned. She's like, oh, and of course Trip asked me to be his date. I wish you could come. But she's I feel talking like there to was Sean. stuff cut out. I feel like yeah, they, like there, there should have been, been a, a little bit more Trip and Emily. Like a possessive scene where Trip assumes that he gets Emily because he works for her dad. It's like you're part of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my contract. Hotel and a girlfriend. <laughs> so then we get to see Sean go home and he lives with his sister and niece. Not immediately clear that this is his sister and his niece. Yeah, at first I thought like, oh, does he have a child and, and a, a wife? wife? That's going to make this movie very different. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's his sister, so we know he's available to go be flirty. Yeah, not have sex <laughs> though, because this movie is, again, very sanitized. Yeah. There's like two kisses in this movie. Yeah, and they sleep next to each other on a boat. Oh, so sexy. <laughs> So his plan is based on those YouTube views, and his sister is worried what will happen when they get arrested. And of course, um, not much. His sister, Claire, is like, I don't want your niece to know what you're out there doing is okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like, dancing? Again, this movie and this world of all of these movies, dancing is simultaneously the coolest thing and most celebrated thing you can do but it's also like against the law and you can go to jail for life for forever dancing which is so strange this doesn't make a lot of sense um but also their dancing is gonna get the money on youtube yeah youtube just pays you money yeah you won the 10 million view thing and it's not just between dances no it's just any video singing cat and like you'd think some already very famous musician would have gotten 10 million views let me tell you about this movie that i liked from a long time ago so there is uh these two best friends they're like street dancers and they dance and uh their dance has brought them together and built a little community around them. But then this new girl comes to town, but she's kind of danced at like prestigious places, but mm. her family wants her to like move on from dancing because it's not serious. But she meets these two guys and falls in love with one of them. But then they find out that, oh no, the community center and that area where they all hang out and do their dancing in, it's going to be torn down and they're going to put like some new apartment buildings there. So she's like, you know what? I'm taking a stand. I'm going to help out these people. And she dances with them. And then they save the center. What movie was that? That's Break Into Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> which I talk about all the you time. You do. It's the exact same plot. Oh, okay. Gotta save that center. Yeah. I do kind of like, though, that they just went back to every 80s dance and ski movie with the plot of this one. Right. They're not even trying to do anything innovative, and I don't think that's bad, but then they put in too much plot and character stuff and not enough dance. If you're just going to recycle a generic plot, 
all right, we all know how that works. We don't, you don't need, need, a love need story. to spoon yeah. feed it to us. Yeah. It's set. Just show me more cool dancing. Exactly. And we get introduced to Peter Gallagher, who owns the whole thing. And he plays this role a whole lot. But he is the stern, overprotective dad. I was going to say like a real estate mogul or a lawyer who's closing down some sort of community center. Yeah. He does that a lot, too. And he owns, I think, several buildings around the world. But he still gives the morning speeches to all the waiters? Yeah. No, I think that was about the new development. I think that was just a meeting about a development. But it's only waitstaff. Oh, yeah. It's. Like, I think that's all that works at the hotel. But shouldn't he be talking to the management of the hotel? People who are higher-ups or at least supervisors of the waitstaff, yeah. not just part-time waiters? I think Trip was on stage with him, so he already knew what was going on. Yeah, but there's also like women in bikinis who serve... Drinks by the pool. Yeah. Okay, but we know Trip does everything at this hotel. Trip does everything, but why is Peter Gallagher having daily meetings with waitstaff? I don't know. It seems like a real waste of his Because he has nothing else to do. <laughs> and then... Sean's friend, who's a real douchebag. I hate this guy. Yeah, He Eddie. comes in and said, sorry, bro, my alarm's all fucked up. What do I do about it? And he just looks disheveled. <laughs> and then Peter Gallagher, rightfully so, was like, yeah, you're fired. Get out of here. Yeah. What are you doing? Meeting started 20 minutes you ago. You show up 20 minutes late. You're super loud. You look like you were just hit by a truck. And you're back talking? Yeah. This movie is, like, trying to be the most anti-establishment of the step up movies and it's the most successful at trying to get me to root for big business developers yeah it was like in rent where normally i would be on one person's side but those people are such dicks that it makes me go like you know what maybe we should just tear this place down yeah probably. Fuck those guys also it looked dilapidated so it's not even like it was nice housing i don't remember what it looked like it was, i thought it was fine they were gross was it? I thought everything was... Re okay. I anyway. believe you because I don't remember. Um, so Eddie looks so disheveled in this scene. And then for the rest of the movie, he is like so clean cut. He like could have put a suit on and been best friends with Trip. Yeah. Like they're so... So he's so put together. Both of them are constantly. But like Eddie shows up with his shirt all untucked and like a tie all askew. And he's like... The sloppiest he'll ever you be. You have in this to movie. work hard to get your tie still tied, but that low. Yeah, that was a choice, and I think he was kind of going for like a like a Britney Spears music video thing. Oh. Doesn't she have a low tie? In Probably them when she's a schoolgirl. Oh yeah. So Eddie gets fired, which like that's fair. He's twenty minutes late for work. He clearly, as we learned the day before, doesn't really do his job. And uh, is always late and kind of a jerk. Yeah, and this movie posits like, yeah, being late, that's cool. Yeah. They don't know what... This was written by someone who doesn't really know what being anti-establishment is. So yeah. they're like, I don't know, um, a loose tie and being late? That's all I can think of. <laughs> and then Emily and Sean see each other the next day because Emily's having breakfast with her dad, Peter Gallagher. And Sean, like, gropes her under the table. Yeah. Which... He wipes sticky juice all over her leg. Yeah, and it's just, like, pawing at her leg. First of all, her dad's right there. Yeah. Second of all, her dad is your boss yeah. and fires people very... On the spot. Yeah. 
But most importantly, this is a woman you just met, you don't know her, and then you're going to start groping her? Yeah. That's not cool. No. Don't be a dick. No. Also, <laughs> for like continuity in this movie, um, he spills her juice glass, and then the juice glass is back on the table while he's wiping up the juice on the floor. And the conversation they were having. So Emily is like 25? Yeah, probably. So she's already graduated from NYU. Yeah. And her dad's like, you should get a job, which, you know, fair. Yeah. She's 25-ish. And she's done university, we assume. And he's like, I will give you a job because I'm a millionaire. And normally people would be like, okay, cool. I'd mm. like a free job because I have uh, no real skills. <laughs> and she says, no, I don't want to live that life, which again, okay. But then what do you want? She says, I'm going to be a dancer. Because she's going to make it now at in her mid-20s. 25. And we both said, like, we both did things as kids. That, I've done some things as a kid. No, I mean, as kids that, like, some people do turn into a career. Like, you did hockey and I did dance. Yeah. And by the time I was probably 13, yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be a professional hockey yeah. player. Because if you're high-end in something, you will be high-end the whole time. There's very few players who are your... Just good who do come into it later in life and be like, oh, yeah, now I am the greatest in the world. Yeah. But she feels like, you know what, 25, that's when I'm going to peak as a dancer. It's not true. No, I feel like you would have known already. Between, yeah, probably like the ages of 13 and 15, I had to come to terms with the fact that it wasn't going to be a career for me. Yeah. So, like, I feel like she should have done this like a decade ago. <laughs> yes. And then Sean and Emily get together and... He says, oh, I know how you can get your ballet to the next level. You need to put some of that street in there, which is something we've heard in all of these movies. I think so, yeah. So that's just a thing in all of these movies. And she says, I can't do whatever I want. There are rules. And then he says, sometimes you got to break the rules. <laughs> that's the plot of this movie. I like this action hero voice you're doing. Well, that's what he does. And he then does. he uh, sends her a note saying, I think, sometimes you have to break the rules. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what the note says, but basically, yeah. So they do this second dance. The mom does the second dance at an art gallery. Yeah, and it's shot like a heist in the prep. And at first, I was like, oh, this is fun. They're kind of playing on that convention that we've seen in those like Ocean's Eleven type yeah. movies. And there's so many heist movies and people like them way too much. But I'll complain about that on a different episode. <laughs> and... I thought it was a fun setup because they're going to play on that and lean into it, but not really. They do it kind of half-assed. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the, like, illusions that they do are, like, people who have been hiding in sculptures or paintings or something. And, like, as soon as the camera is on them and they're doing their thing, like their dance or whatever, they are very obviously, like, spottable. So they clearly haven't been there for very long. Yeah, and the actual dance comes in a little later because they do the setup first and then she has to go to her audition for Winwood, which yeah. is the big dance company that she wants to be a part of. And they say, we're going to select, I think it's like six, six of you yeah. and you're going to train with us over the summer. And then at the end, we are going to select two people to join us. Right. And they do their auditions and then right on the spot, they're like, okay, you four here and you two over there. Let's it go. Yeah. They don't discuss it or anything. It's no. just right on the spot. And of course, she's picked. So she's all happy. And this person who is in charge of it 
Mia Michaels. She must be somebody famous because there's no way this person auditioned as an actor and got this role because she was terrible and I had an unjustified amount of hatred towards her. Uh, So this is Mia Michaels. She's a big uh, dance choreographer for like big stars. So she'll do like tours for pop stars and stuff and choreograph them. Okay. Um, She is not a good actor. She's so hateable. Is she meant to be a villain, do you think? I don't think so. I think she's I supposed to like her so much. be inspiring or something. No, she's like a super Karen. She has that haircut. She does. That's that's some inadvisable hair. And I don't know how she watches all of these auditions because only one of her eyes is free. The other one is completely covered by her hair. And that eye is squinting so closed. I don't know how she I sees anything. I don't understand anything. her eye movements there's a lot going on there um so mia michaels is a judge on so you think you can dance and she has choreographed for celine dion gloria estevan madonna ricky martin and prince oh shit so she's like big time she's big time um but she's a bad actor or she's just a bad person i don't know because she's probably just playing herself right i am not sure either way i disliked her more than someone who has that few lines should be disliked true did you how what did you think of her she like i don't know maybe this is pandemic time now too but like she gets really close to emily well she touches her with her bangs with her terrible terrible like you should never be close enough to someone just out in public that your bangs touch them yeah that's a that's good advice for all of you out there. Yeah. Don't put your bangs on people. Not time either. Like, unless you're kissing someone, you probably shouldn't be touching bangs. Fair. Fair. There's a life, there's a life <laughs> hack for you. <laughs> don't call it a life <laughs> hack. What are you hacking? <laughs> I don't know. Personal space. <laughs> yeah, don't hack my space, bro. <laughs> so then we get the art gallery scene because Sean invites Emily and she's like, oh, is this a date? Is this your gimmick you use on girls to get them to go out with you? And also, it's not really a gimmick. He's taking you to a, a art gallery. That's just, that is just a date. Also, it's been like 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not, it's not like they were there for an hour and a half just standing around. And somehow there are people painted as the paintings who are standing next to them, like real close. Yeah. And nobody notices there are people there. And as soon as they start dancing, they're very clearly not the same color as the painting. And everyone goes like, oh, as they pop out. Yeah. I get how if it's in the background, you wouldn't notice the person blended in. Yeah. That's possible. Someone's standing against the wall. In a gallery looking at a painting when there's no barrier between you and that painting, and then there's a person standing in that painting, (laughs) you will see them. You will see them. (laughs) But whatever. It's a cool idea. Uh, The gallery scene, the dancing, I think was cool. But it suffers from bad direction and editing because this scene, more than maybe the others, they really relied on a lot of interesting light choices. Mm -hmm. And the cinematography from my boy Crash, beautiful, (laughs) looks great. But they don't let any of the shots land because as soon as somebody is dancing, it'll be about two seconds of dancing. And then they cut to two seconds of one of the two boring leads watching it. Yeah, or reacting. Why not show the dance? This is a dance movie. Why are you cutting away from the dancing constantly? They could have made all of the dance sequences like five minutes longer. 
just don't show their reactions yeah. and just rely on the dancing. Don't move your camera. Don't keep cutting. It's a dance. It is impressive in itself. Yeah. You do not need to augment the dance with constant cutting and showing other people being like, whoa, this is cool. If it's cool, let us see it. Yeah. Don't tell us it's amazing. Show us it's amazing. It's a fucking dance movie. Yeah. I don't want to read an essay about how good a dance was and yeah. hear people talk about it. Yeah. It's a dance movie. Show me the dancing. I don't care about people gasping. There is a lot of gasping There's in There's so this. much gas. The gasp budget probably replaced the shirt budget. <laughs> <laughs> and also... Why do they break into a gallery, spend hundreds of thousands of dollars seemingly, because they leave all their projectors and stuff Yeah, there, like nobody picks them and up. And they get away in a van. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they break into a gallery? How do they break into a gallery? Yeah. And do all this as far as going and getting people embedded in the staff, getting jobs. It probably took a month to set up. Yeah, you can't just charge walk them for in and this. get a job. You're doing something amazing. Yeah. Charge people for yeah. it. And then, like, the gallery lady and the security guard, security's like, should we should we go get him? Should we shut this down? And she's like, no, no just wait. Yeah, there's just an amazing like, performance She's like, on. this is really cool. We can probably make it seem like it was just part of the installation. So, like, the gallery seems to be pretty okay with it. And they keep just saying, like, oh, it's so dangerous. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> they call their group the mob. Yeah. And they talk about it as if it were the actual mafia. Yeah. Because after seeing this, Emily goes like, I want to be in the mob. And then everyone's like, oh, I don't know if we can trust her. Oh, it's a dance crew. If she's good enough to dance, then why can't she be in? Yeah. They make it about like all this trust and you have to be like in the family. And if you're in, you're in for life. It's weird. It's a fucking dance crew. Yeah. And people quit all the time. Yes, we've seen in all of these movies, people constantly quit. Like, constantly are like, well, you're out. I quit. Yeah, and people are going to get thrown out of this pretty soon, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then they do another big um, Ocean's Eleven heist sequence. And this is about 40 minutes into the movie, and they do this sequence where they introduce the characters. Yeah. 40 minutes in, we get introductions of who these people are. It's like voiceover, you get to see people dancing. And this was the first time when I finally realized that those two brown-haired white men were two people and not one or four. Right. <laughs> so the founder of it, what's that guy's name? Not Sean? Bobby, Billy, Tommy, Dougie. Let's say Eddie. Dougie. Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> you were almost there. <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten there. Um, Eddie is the hacker. That's yeah. his role. Like, what are you hacking? How many times do we see him hack? He pulls up blueprints once. Does he? Okay, twice, I didn't even remember twice. that. <laughs> For the art gallery, that's like that's what he was doing. He had a big screen and he kept going like like he was like moving his hands like he was moving pieces into place or something oh like he was doing a minority report on some sort of technology that doesn't exist in this <laughs> world but he's still doing it no it was just a computer screen with a blueprint on it oh, okay but he he kept waving his hands in front of it so like he, he thought was really he was doing in something. minority report yeah he was pretending <laughs> and they also have a parkour crew right yeah why do you have a parkour crew and a skateboard crew yeah <laughs> which we see skateboards in this like once at the end and they have a specialty cameraman who does all sorts of like cool movies and then they get him for the crew because we need a specialty cameraman. And does he use like a steady cam or drones or any cool camera movements? 
No, he like will take a two hundred dollar handy cam and put it on top of a coconut. Yeah, <laughs> or uh, hide it inside of bread or a menu or something. Yeah, he just kind of hides things very obviously. But also, why is he hiding the camera? Because as soon as they start, dozens of people start filming it with their cameras. Yeah. You Why wouldn't he just camera. look like a tourist with a big camera and be like, oh, this is cool, and start yeah. recording it? It doesn't make any sense. Also, nobody's stopping anyone. No. You could have a full camera crew there. Never at any point do people get arrested. Well, they do at the end, but that's a whole different thing. Right. Because they, they look like terrorists. Criminals, and people are probably They very come in gas masks with gas bombs and big clubs and stuff. Yeah, right. They have like metal batons that <laughs> yeah. they're like banging against things. Yeah, that was probably very frightening. I would be frightened. So then they say, okay, you can be in the crew. But Eddie says, if you're going to be in it, you have to be the lead. Why? Yeah. What is that? Why? Give her her, like a small part to start. You've never seen her dance. So she can either not be in it or has to be the lead and dance solos. Yeah. That doesn't make make any sense. sense. It's like, it's like, oh, oh, you want this popsicle? You have to eat the whole box. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's how that's how eddie works and how eddie works nonsensically yeah then they go do the restaurant dance and i think the funniest part is that they would have had to make reservations because they have a table for 12 they would have had to make yeah like 12 separate reservations because there's like 20 people dancing and then they do their dance it's fine i guess yeah. I don't think it was a particularly good dance. No, it's definitely the first kind of more destructive dance that they do because they're like on tables and like. And then I think after that, we get to the point where this turns into a 80s ski movie or break into Electro Boogaloo <laughs> because they have one ethnic looking person who's allowed to speak in this movie and he owns like a restaurant or something. Yeah. And he goes, like oh, they're shutting my bar. place down. Tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, because Peter Gallagher is buying up the whole city and he's gonna throw all of us yeah. bums out of here. Which, like, yeah, K one, like, real estate law exists, so you know they should probably give you like two weeks. You'd think. Minimum. How does any building development thing go up overnight? But these ones, yeah. Also, like, owning a bar, there's no way you could pack that up overnight. Like an entire bar that you've owned for years in the same spot, I assume. Well, they keep saying like, yeah, it's a done deal. And then in the same sentence, they go, it's a done deal. As soon as we pass city council and get these permits commute and have this meeting next week. <laughs> yeah. Yep, done deal. Done deal. So that's literally not what a done deal no. means. And of course, who can be the spokesperson for the cultural mosaic that is Miami? Is it one of these restaurant owners is it a Cuban immigrant who has now raised two generations of family there? No, it's a generic white guy. <laughs> yeah, a, a very handsome, clean-cut, muscular guy and said, like, I'm going to be the leader of our community. How? I'll dance? Sort of. And we are never quite sure how dancing at someone will change their mind or even tell you what you were trying to do. But the next one has a bit of a uh, goal, at least. The next dance that they do is during the city council meeting, they pull a fire alarm. Yes. And then everyone starts leaving the building because it's a fire drill, they assume. And instead, the fire alarm turns off and they do this like stop motion dance. 
Yeah, it was cool in concept, and they're all dressed like businessmen. And again, big suit budget. Costume budget for this would have been more than $100,000. There were 60 people in this crew. Including tailoring and everything. And they have this dance on the escalator that looks very cool because they didn't cut away from it. And they keep doing things that I think would look awesome with all of these people in businessmen suits who are like freezing and then moving and then money is falling from the sky. Yeah. Could have looked amazing. They didn't show any of it to me. They mm-hmm. kept cutting away to, uh, what's his name? Skip? No. Oh, Trip. Trip, Trip. trip. Uh, they keep cutting away to Trip being like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah. Why are you showing him constantly? Show me the dance. Yeah. It's a dance movie. He has the same reaction every single time they cut to him. So let's yeah. just assume he's making that face the whole time. And poor Trip, that actor, just has to be like, okay, now act like you're shocked and angry, but you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Now do it eight more times. Yeah. But you can't do But make it different. That. Yeah. So they do that, and they keep cutting away. It's poorly done. It may have been a good dance sequence. I don't know. They didn't show it to me. But meanwhile, they're doing all this. They also have, um, like, a welding crew and a painting crew. Yeah. And I think they must own a crane. They must. Because outside of the building, while all this is happening, they've constructed a 20-foot-tall two-ton sculpture robot yeah there's flashes during the stance of them building it and i think is it like flash dance is that what flash dance is <laughs> the welding yeah i think this is flash dance. <laughs> oh and also they're all wearing welding helmets but like up but up they don't cover their eyes with they're it. wearing them like baseball caps yes <laughs> but welding so they're all blind now I assume. Half the crew is blind now. Most, yeah, the, the whole welding crew, at least. <laughs> I didn't realize they had a welding division. They totally do. They have many different art divisions. But I want to know who's their crane operator. Yeah. Because they get cranes in and out of places so very quickly. quickly. It's a pocket crane. How do you get something that heavy that high up? Yeah. You need a crane, right? No one's carrying it. Like, art installations sometimes take, like, weeks to install. They essentially build a small building in the time of a dance. Yeah, it's wild. And then the briefcase opens and it says, we are not for sale. Right. So this time they actually have a reason, a message. Yeah. I don't know if everyone would understand what that's referring to. Yeah. Because it's a big building. All sorts of things are going on and it could mean lots of things. (laughs) (laughs) But whatever. And they uh, really like leaving their signature, the mob, around. Yes. Um, another big complaint of this movie, this was in peak dubstep time, apparently. Oh, there's so, so much. much dubstep. I don't like dubstep. It's loud and stupid. I'm going to go say something crazy. There's been some dubstep I kind of like. Really? None of it was in this movie. Okay. So maybe I don't. I just hate that, like... <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. How like it's 90% just that one long horn note. (laughs) But like a robotic horn. Yeah. Like an electronic horn. I feel this must be when Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. Because I remember that Electro's power, like the Jamie Foxx Electro, was dubstep. (laughs) He would shoot out dubstep at people. (laughs) 
Do you remember that? That would be alarming. <laughs> no, I don't remember it that. It was though. a bad movie. Those Garfield Spider-Mans were very bad. They were. I, like I think them. I stopped seeing them. Well, there was only they... two. They never got a third one because... Oh, yeah. Because they sucked? Yeah. They were like... They're like, uh... what if we take, uh, like, you know, the charming underdog, but we make him a dick and <laughs> <laughs> with no charm. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's try that out. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. But anyways, we'll save that for our Spider-Man podcast, Spider Talk with Sam and Indy. <laughs> Sam and Indy. Then they go and practice dancing on the beach because if you're going to do a dance routine, the best place to practice is in like seven inches of water on uneven ground yeah. in the sand. And like if you've been in the ocean, you know that like you often get sucked into the sand too if you're standing right where the waves are. So they're probably like ankle deep in sand. At they're this just point. waiting to break ankles. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, he's basically just groping her a lot. Yeah, that's what their dance was. Yeah. They're just feeling each other up. And I didn't realize at the time that this is practice for her big final dance. I just thought they were just groping each yeah. other and feeling each other up. And I was like, they're both dancers. They are they can't show them having sex in this movie. I get why this is here. They're going to have this emotional beach dance. Yeah, but it turns out that that was actually an her integral plot solo. moment. <laughs> we'll get there, too. So then they are making out and dancing in another scene, and she says, I'm sabotaging my father because I like you guys better. And then we get an ominous shot of a video camera recording them, which, of course, they set up. Yeah, it's like their rehearsal footage. And then the hacker hacked into the video camera, or he just found the tape. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they just left it there running. And he's like, I wonder what's on this tape, and he watches it. And he gets inexplicably angry about this. Because she, when no one's around, so she's clearly telling her true feelings, says, I will sabotage my father for you because I care about you people and what you're doing. Yeah. So he sees that and goes like, oh, she's the worst. She's here to get us. Yeah. Even though she literally says, I'm on your side. Yes. And she has proven it because she has gone out of her way to do those actions. Yeah. She has been the lead in one of your dances and helped out at the dance with the city council thing. Yeah, she like came up with the idea. Yeah. So why would you not trust Trust, her? Yeah, she's done nothing but be trustworthy. So earlier on in the movie, I had said to you, Oh, these two guys keep saying, we're best friends since childhood. Nothing tears us apart. And I said, like, oh, there is going to be a manufactured conflict where they have to be fighting each other. And I'm going to hate that part. It'll be my least favorite. And also the fact that the leads got together this early means that they're going to have to have a falling out for no reason. And I'm going to hate that part. Yeah. I say that in so many of these reviews. That's my least favorite part. So, of course, the best friend, Eddie, says, well, now we have to get him. Because they are helping us too much. Yeah. You know the only reason his actions make sense? Why? And if you watch the rest of the movie with this in mind, everything makes sense. Why? Eddie is madly in love with Sean. Oh. And he's like, how dare you like girls? In He says to her, Eddie says to Sean at one point, she's coming between us. You picked her over me. Not you picked her over the crew or over our mission. Yeah. Over me. Wow. Sean and Eddie maybe had a thing in the past, but it's clearly not there. Or maybe it's just not there on Sean's end, but Eddie is yeah. in love with him. Oh, poor Eddie. But Eddie's a dick. Fuck Eddie. Eddie is a dick. Fuck Sean too. 
all of these people. I I don't like any characters. I just want more Moose. I don't like any character in this until the last 5% of the movie when Moose shows up. Oh, Moose. So his big plan then is to storm, I don't know, some sort of party? It's a party they're having, right? Uh, yeah, it's rooftop like a kind of thing. fancy gala in an unfinished building that has no railings or supports. Like you could just, if it you, looks very scary. If you stepped wrong and you were like closest to the edge, you probably would just fall out of this building. Yeah, you'd, you'd probably die. Like it looked really cool, but it needed some safety guidelines. Mm-hmm. Or everyone needed to be wearing a harness. <laughs> so their plan is to hack again because they love hacking stuff so much hacking so they're going to show a video i guess about the development maybe yeah i'm never clear what's actually happening in these movies because it doesn't seem to matter always no it's just like noise 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 dance yeah (laughs) and eddie hacks into it and says his daughter is in this dance crew everyone get her look it's his daughter why is he selling her own yeah makes no reason unless he's jealous because he's in love with sean this movie actually makes a lot more sense now that you've brought that up. That's the only way any of these actions make sense. It's just that he's a yeah. jilted ex-lover or just super jealous because yeah. Sean's not into him the way he's into Sean. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That's really sad. But fuck him. Eddie's a dick. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So they first. this is the first time where they start like actually doing kind of terrorist things. And they yeah. set off these smoke bombs. They throw smoke bombs out there, and then they show up wearing gas masks carrying big metal bars. Yeah. And then still people don't run. They're like, oh, what's this? So why is everyone complaining or having this fear of like dancing's the most dangerous thing? Because even when you show up at a private event throwing gas bombs, People don't really care. No, they're like, ooh, let's see where this goes. Like, that was legitimately scary. Like, we've been to fancy events like that. And if people ran in in gas masks and started throwing, like, smoke bombs around, everyone would be terrified. When you said, we've been to, I thought you were going to be like, events where there's um, tear gas being thrown. I was no. like, no, you weren't at any of those. <laughs> but you meant the other I side. I meant the other things. side, like as a guest. Yeah, it I would be like. I would immediately be like, ooh, what's going to happen next? The 1989 Batman. That's what happens. And that's what happens. It's an act of terrorism. Yeah. I uh, definitely think that all the reactions in this movie are way off. Yes. Yeah, because everyone's like, oh, we're going to go to jail any moment. But anytime you actually do the things, everyone's pretty cool with it. Yeah. Like you ruined this guy's event that probably cost 100 grand, 200 grand to put on because it's this fancy, like they lit the whole building and like it looked. But it was an unfinished building. So there's that. They probably saved some money on guardrails. But what they saved on guardrails, they probably paid an insurance just in case anybody fell out of the building. Or if a gas mask terrorist shows up. (gasps) True. You gotta get that gas mask terrorist insurance. So then we cut to the next day, and uh, Gallagher is real upset with his daughter because she's, I don't know, a, a terrorist or something? Yeah. But then Emily is also angry at Sean, saying, you used me, even though Sean was there with Emily. Yeah. So I don't know why she... It's it's the same thing I always complain about. Yeah. Why is she angry with him? Why is Eddie ma- angry with Sean? None of it makes any reason. It's just we're at the part of the movie where we need a conflict. So the conflict of everything being bought up and shut down isn't enough somehow. Yeah. We need like friendship and romantic conflict. But in 10 minutes, it's going to be like nothing ever happened. Right. 
No, it's like 40 minutes later because way too much of the movie is bogged down. Oh in this. my god, that's right. Okay, I think I blocked out like 40 minutes. Yeah, of this and movie. I think for the next bit, we'll just kind of like go over it very briefly. Yeah. But the very next day, everyone is moving out because yeah. city council passed it. And then all of the developers are like, all right, you got 24 hours, I guess. I was just about to ask, can they do that? But it's a movie, so probably. Yeah. yeah. And people just keep running into each other randomly on empty beaches and boardwalks and shipping yards. It's a huge city, but if you just want to see your friend, you just walk down the street and you just kind of run into them. Yeah. They all go to the same four places. And again, we'll just skip over the next 30 minutes because it's just annoying conflict stuff. And I really hated the hacker guy. Yeah. Because he looks like a, a low budget Dave Franco mixed with a knockoff Justin Timberlake. Oh, right. <laughs> so next, Emily is, it's the end of the summer, I guess. There's like no indication on passage of time in this movie. So Yeah, because it seems like everything happens overnight sometimes, but then you'll get weeks go by and we never mention it yeah so Winwood, they said they were going to take her on as an apprentice for the summer and then at the end of the summer she can audition right and so she had practiced this sexy water dance with sean and so she tries to dance this duet as a solo but like half of it he was supporting some of her body weight so, so she, she just, just like, like jumps and there's no one there to catch her and she like wobbles and there's no one to hold her leg up so a few things what was her plan if she was still with sean was sean gonna come to her audition Wikipedia is telling me that they had planned to audition as a duet oh well, if Wikipedia something <laughs> that is nowhere in the movie no it's not it's just all of a sudden he's gone and she tries to dance this dance that they romantically did in the water. So why would you do a duet as a single person? She didn't change the dance. No. She did the exact same dance that was a duet by herself. Yeah. So she's just hugging someone that's not there constantly. Which it makes no sense. It's, yeah, it's very strange. And there's lots of like pauses where he was doing choreography. Yeah. So she's just like still... And then, like, we get the flash of them dancing in the waves, and you can see that he's doing something, but she's not. <laughs> so she fails. She yes. doesn't get a job. And she's sad, and she decides to take a job with her dad. So she's sitting on the scaffolding at the groundbreaking that's happening 24 hours after city council approves it. I have no idea what that was. It must be the groundbreaking I, ceremony. Because the mayor was giving him a shovel. Okay, then yeah. It so I assume was. it was... So you have this audience of all of like the rich corporate types. Yeah. But then there's also a huge contingency that's all like 20-something partiers? Yeah. Why are they there? Yeah, because they're not on the beach anymore. They're like in the shipping area. Yeah. So I assume that this isn't where like beachgoers hang out. Also, nobody's noticed that there is this giant elaborate construction of Shipping containers? Shipping containers that's like seven levels high? Yeah. Just a hundred feet high. And nobody noticed it. They're like, oh, that's that's new. (laughs) So the hacker hacks the microphone that the mayor is speaking into while he's waving this golden shovel around. And uh, I assume he hacked it, but usually it's the DJ girl. Like the DJ girl gets no credit for anything that she does. Yeah. Also, she often just opens a suitcase with everything. There's no, like, power to anything. Yeah, she's she's just just like, here's some iPads that I know. (laughs) And I kept saying, oh, where do I know her from? She was in Last Man on Earth, the TV show. 
I didn't watch that. She has a cool name. It's like, I think her name's Cleopatra something. But in this, she's Penelope, the coolest DJ, oh, DJ Penelope. Cleopatra Coleman. That's a good name, right? Her mom has a really cool name, too. Her mom is Turquoise Coleman. So at first, a bunch of people wearing just vests as tops and carrying metal poles come out. And again, all of the businessmen who are all old are excited by this, not yeah. threatened. Yeah, they're like, ooh, what's going to happen? Not like you're ruining my event, dude. And of course, it's a big dance sequence. They have like cattle prods, I think, that are sparking and things like that. Yeah, that was weird. And they also use all the, of the levels of the shipping t- container complex. And at one point, people jump off the top and everyone goes, oh, no. But it turns out they've also taken the time to make some of those shipping containers big trampolines. trampolines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they've set up an apparatus for like bungee cords and stuff. Yeah, it's very elaborate, very expensive. Probably cost more than they would have won in their big YouTube contest. Yeah. Oh, and also they got thrown out of the YouTube contest because they committed crimes. <laughs> yeah, they like tear gassed a gala. Yeah, kind of kind of fair. And like, we're basically just terrorists. <laughs> Again, this movie does one of the most impressive things, and it gets me to side with real estate developers. Because these people fucking suck. Through all of this mediocre dancing, I should say at one point in this dance and a couple of the other ones, there's one woman who comes and takes center stage for just a few moments at a time. Mm -hmm. She has long black hair. She's black. She's great. Yes, she's like really got like a style. It looks like she's breaking her back out there. She just puts so much ferocity into it. And she's great. Why am I not seeing her? Because every time the lead dancer, Sean, comes in. Yeah. It's not as good. No. No, it's like everyone kind of dances around him. Yeah. It's like And they have to tone down what they're doing yeah. so he doesn't look bad. And I'm sure Everyone in the grand like, scheme of things, he's a very talented yes. dancer. I I can't do any of that. I know that. I know he's spent his life training. What I am saying is there are people on that same stage who are better, who don't get to do anything because they're not as handsome. Yeah, it's pop backup dancers. They become like just backup dancers where the the main person, the singer on a pop tour, just like spins yeah, and, and occasionally throws out an arm to match. It makes sense because they are talented singers. Yes. So you're like, okay, of course they're not going to be as talented as the backup dancers because mm-hmm. those people are dancers. This person is a singer. But these characters are not good actors either. If they were great actors and then they're like, okay, dancers, mm-hmm. you forgive it. But I don't like, they're worse actors than they yeah. are dancers. That's for sure. Yeah. And they're getting shown up and they're dancing by other people in the same movie. Yeah. In their crew. So Moose shows up. The moment we've this all been waiting my for. my favorite part of the movie. We lose our minds. We go, Moose! <laughs> I threw my hands in the air on the couch. It was, uh, it was very exciting because we literally waited all movie for Moose. Yeah. We kept saying, wait, is that Moose? No, that's not it. Wait, is that Moose over there? And he never showed. I still maintain that he was in the opening dance. I don't know that he was. I saw his hair. Maybe it just looked like Moose, but... Maybe. I didn't see him. I really thought it was Moose. Anyway, so Moose shows up with the House of Pirates because they needed 75 yeah, Jenny Kiddo's in there. Hair's in there. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a huge production now. Sure. We're fans. We've, we're, we've come across. We know we're biased. Yeah. I think when Moose shows up, he fucking kills it. Yeah. 
He was great, right? He was fantastic. He's way better than Sean. It's like anytime any of these dancers have like a designated style that they've clearly trained and learned and like perfected, the dance is fantastic. Like yeah. the like the lady with the long black hair that you were talking about and like Moose comes in and he's got his own little style that he does. And everybody else is just kind of dancing to dance like the main characters. Right. And it's like a concert backup dancers. Yeah. They're doing a lot of stuff, which, yeah, impressive. But when you're comparing it to more impressive stuff in that same yeah. movie, it doesn't hold up as well. Exactly. And Moose looked better than most of the people there. He did. Although he should get a smaller hat because we couldn't see his face the entire time. I think they're kind of going for that. Okay. I think he's like too cute and young. Oh, so they wanted so to like toughen him up. Fierce, yeah. Yeah, so I think they're going for it. Okay. He is like he's got a very cute little face. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, he was great. Um we should mention the actor. Who's the actor that plays Moose? Um Adam G. Savani. Okay, so we should say we should like tag him on our Instagram post <laughs> or something. I bet he because would. we are huge fans of yours. Huge fans of Moose. You kill it. You're great. Every single you time. bring a great comedic levity, which these movies desperately need. Yes. And super talented dancer. So good. And like great hair. Great hair Those too. Those curls are fantastic. Absolutely. So. Favorite character in the movie? Oh, 100%. Outside of Moose, who do you like in this movie? I don't know. I don't think I like a single character. I think I'm coming to that realization too. Of people with speaking roles. Well, Moose, number one, easy. Yeah. But beyond that... There's a few of the dancers that I noticed that were like standouts. Yeah, but, but they don't talk. none of them speak. All of the people who talk, I think, are very dislikable characters. Uh-huh. I agree. Maybe that restaurant owner. Oh, yeah, he was, he was okay. He's fine. He didn't get enough opportunity for me to hate him. True. Yeah. Maybe that city counselor slash Nike rep. <laughs> <laughs> Which, let's get to that. Okay. So, so they do their big dance, and then there's that one old man that they keep showing his reactions, because why would we show a dance? We want to see the reactions of an old man in a suit. So we kept going back to him, He's and then at dancing. the end, everyone goes up to him and rubs his head, because they're like, we love you because you're an old man, but you still love us, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Worlds colliding. Worlds colliding. And then they all start celebrating, going, we did it, we did it. What did they do? <sighs> I assume they think they saved the community. And they did, but how? Like, what did this dancing do to prove that they shouldn't tear down the community? Oh, and then they do that ballet finale. Oh, right. Yes. So I'm not sure what changed in Emily's mind, but seeing this dance yeah. made her realize that he didn't know about... Eddie's plan to out her to her father? Yeah. Why? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. She's just like, you know what, that dance was cool, I forgive you? Yeah. No sense of why she would change her mind. But without speaking, DJ Penelope just has to play the music and then she's like, oh, okay, you know what, actually I love you, let's do that dance in front of everyone now. Yeah. Let's kind of uh, dry hump in front of my father now. Which I was saying <laughs> last night, I was like, I never did like modern dance or whatever they're doing. I would be embarrassed to dance like that in front of my family. Because she's basically just riding him 
on a concrete platform. Yeah. For, <laughs> for like 10 minutes. And then after that, Peter Gallagher, well, he has a talk with Moose. Yes. Which is, of course, we're all for any more time of Moose being in this movie. But why? Yeah. Why does like some dancer from New York come up to Peter Gallagher, know who he is and say like, hey, you know what? I'm big time too. I'm Moose. I'm Robert Alexander the Third, or Moose. Oh, why Moose? Why not? <laughs> oh, shit, you got me there, Moose. Whoa! And based on that, I guess, Peter Gallagher is like, okay, yeah, I won't uh, develop this anymore, even though everyone's already been evicted. And if we're doing a groundbreaking ceremony, doesn't that mean everything's been demolished already? Yeah, because you'd... You'd be like turning up the ground that you're for building, gonna build on. Yeah, the, the ground is ready. <laughs> is yeah, what a groundbreaking is. So I'm not sure how many of those buildings are still standing. Yeah, but either way, now he goes. You know what? I'm not gonna build here anymore. Why? What changed in his mind? I think city council said that they're pulling the permit. No, he says oh. at first that I'm not going to develop here anymore. Maybe instead of tearing things down, we can build it up. Oh, so he's like, we're going to keep the community. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. That we Why? don't understand. What changed in his mind? The magic of dance. But he saw at least two dances already. Yeah. This one was just better because this one had trampolines. Yeah. You know what it was? And I said it jokingly earlier. is moose. It was Moose. Moose was the only moose real won. difference. Moose changed his mind. Yeah. And said, I'm Moose. Because. Why not Moose? Why not? I'm going to make Why Not Moose t-shirts. <laughs> I would like a Why Not Moose t-shirt. <laughs> I want a Why Not Zoeberg and a Why Not Moose. So everybody saved. Sean and Emily are in love. Eddie's in the background doing something. Oh, yeah. They make up because mm-hmm. why not? But the big problem is Emily still hasn't become a professional dancer by the end of the summer and will now have to work a very cushy multi-million dollar job for her father that she's unqualified for but will still get. Unless she becomes a professional dancer. But how could that happen suddenly out of nowhere? Suddenly the advertising guy for the company that Mr. Anderson owns says, one of my other clients is Nike and they're looking for something fresh and new for their new line. How about you guys do it? You're hired. Even you, who I've never seen dance before. Or I guess she did the ballet or modern dance thing. She did the modern dance thing. And now they all work for Nike? All 175 of them. This movie posits that the most anti-establishment things you can do are wear your tie loose, yeah, uh, be a dick, show up late, and uh, sell out to a giant corporation. <laughs> yes. And those are the underdog heroes of this movie. Woohoo! Movies like this, what was the other one that keep trying to do these underdog heroes? And you're like, they're the most privileged people ever. Was it Rent? It might have been Rent. Yeah. yeah. Those guys are assholes too. They were. I agree. A lot of the step-up movies have a bunch of rent overlap. Yeah, because it's the same kind of like underdog story. Three definitely had a lot of rent to it. Yeah. The end. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, and then just to wrap up. But no, that's literally the end of the movie. It's like, come work for Nike. Okay, bye. The end. Yeah. And they have like a dance circle. 
And again, at the end, during the credits, they just have people showing off little dance moves. Yeah. Better than most of what was in the movie. True. Do these like little freestyle moments are so good. All you aspiring directors out there, if you want something amazing to look amazing, don't detract for from it. Let it speak on its own. Mm-hmm. I hated the movement. I think it was like after the Bourne movies came out that they wouldn't show any action sequence. It would have to have like three cuts per second. Oh, I hate to that. To be like super choppy, super shaky. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's like you're in the fight. I said, no, show me the fight. Show me the action sequence. You have super talented people doing this. Let me see what they're doing. That's like Marvel movies too. They're not as bad, but yeah, they still But it's like all flashing and light. Yeah. And it's very Well, they get bogged down in these giant giant battle sequences where everything is like a faceless robot or demon or something, and there's no consequences to anything. Right. Again, that's for (laughs) maybe our Spider-Man podcast again. Yeah, we could probably talk about that. (laughs) Um, But in this... You have talented dancers who've devoted their lives to this. You have great choreographers. In this one, you had a great cinematographer that's making everything look beautiful. Yeah. Don't cut away from it. Stop it. Show me what you want to show me. It's a dance movie. Show me the dancer. Yeah, this movie has amazing costumes. Huge budget for that. Inexplicably amazing costumes. But uh, we don't really get to see them because we keep cutting away and just seeing people who are extras. Yeah, so uh, I'd say D.O.P. Crash, great work. I want to see him back on these movies. The director, who is someone whose name sounds like Scott Speedman, but is not. Scott Spear. Scott Spear. Scott Spear, what are you doing? Why are you cutting away from the good stuff? And I bet this is probably a music video director as well. Probably. Oh, he's the director on the next one, too. I hope he gets it together. Me, too. I hope Crash is back. This movie looked beautiful. Bad editing and direction. Oh, terrible. We're at the end. You still think this is one of the better step-ups? No, I think two and three are definitely better. Oh, but you think this one might be better than one? Before you had one higher than the other ones. It might go two, three, one, four. This one may have dropped. So this one went already went to the bottom now. Yeah. All right. I agree. Okay. I personally go three, two, one, four. Oh, okay. Three is my favorite. Fair. Most moose. Moose. Most characters that you can remember because Moose and Tyler Gage's sister are in it. Yes. So it has two memorable characters. Part one has one in Channing Tatum. Uh-huh. I already forgot the other person's name. Jenna Dewan. This one, I've forgotten everyone except for Moose already. <laughs> While I was watching it, I forgot people and then two well i remember moose again so (laughs) and moose um you're the man moose i I have good news i haven't read anything about the next movie but moose is on the poster if he's on the poster he's gotta (laughs) gotta be in in it more so yeah he's he's on the poster he's like in a pretty prominent spot he's like third biggest on the poster if we only have 5% of the movie with Moose in it, I'm going to be really angry. Yeah, me too. So this episode of I Love This, You Should Too is brought to you by Inventures, your front row seat to what's next. You can register now for Inventures 2022, where you can learn, share, and be inspired by the startups, entrepreneurs, investors, and global thought leaders who are redefining the future. 
InVentures runs June 1st to 3rd in Calgary and online, featuring more than 150 sessions, over 250 speakers, international keynotes, expert panels, startup pitch events, networking opportunities, and more. Reserve your pass now at InVenturesCanada.com. All right. Well, that brings (laughs) us to the end of this episode. So join us again next week where we'll do our spoiler-free things of the week. Little small reviews. We'll each have one. And Mm -hmm. then I'll let Samantha know what we're watching for the week after that. I hope it's the next Step Up movie. No, that's your pick. Oh, okay. (laughs) I hope your pick's the next Step Up movie. We'll see. I think it might be. (laughs) I think we've committed now. We can't do like four out of five movies and not. Six. Six. There's six movies. Oh, is there? Yeah, we've been over this multiple times and multiple times on this podcast. I'm very good at this game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Goodbye.